Welcome back to Women's Wealth, The Middle Way, the show that answers your questions about work, money, and family. My name is Susan McGlory Michael, and I am the CEO and founder of Glen Eagle, a wealth management firm in New Jersey. My name is Carol Ann Fernandez, and I'm the COO of Glen Eagle. We're very excited today to have our guest, Teresa Harlow, a best-selling author, speaker, coach, and mediator, join us. Teresa has more than 30 years of experience helping individuals and teams transform combative relationships into collaborative partnerships. This book is Combative to Collaborative, The Co-Parenting Code. Welcome, Teresa. Thanks for having me, Carol Ann. We're really excited to have you. Can you share with our listeners about your professional background? They know it is quite varied and how you ended up on your current journey. Yeah, it is quite varied. That's for sure. It's more like a maze. (laughs) I have a love-hate relationship with both entrepreneurship and working in corporate America. As an entrepreneur, I've had a few businesses. This is my third business. And I really love the way it affords me to be creative, follow a passion, and help others directly. But it's hard, it's risky, and it certainly doesn't come with any paid vacations or other corporate perks that you get. Well, when you're in corporate America, you have all those perks, but it stifles the creativity, and really your destination feels so much like it's in the hands of others. I'm a control freak that way. I like to control my own destiny and really take things where I want them to go. And that's not always so easy when you have a whole corporate structure around you. So having completed what I refer to as my third tour of duty in corporate America in 2020, (laughs) (laughs) I felt I really had accomplished what I set out to do in that realm. And I was ready for the next chapter. And I was really itching again to be creative and do something more. Along the way, I had lived this co-parenting journey and learned so many lessons about the relationships that I had and how to effectively communicate with another person that I had recognized I was applying all throughout my life, not just in my co-parenting relationship, but also in my business relationships and elsewhere. And I also kept hearing how much others could benefit from the lessons I had learned. So I decided to put all that creativity and the passion I had, as well as the business knowledge I had acquired along the way together in this business, where I focus on helping co-parents and the community that serves them. That's really interesting how you were able to relate the co-parenting to what you'd been doing in business. And I can definitely relate to the entrepreneurship piece that there's no (laughs) such thing as vacation, I think, and you're always thinking about your business. Relationships are relationships. So they're universal to some degree, right? What I learned in how to to more effectively interact with my co-parent was very transferable once I realized that it could be put into use in my professional life as well. And I love your title of your book, Combative to Collaborative, The Co-Parenting Code. How did you come up with that title? As It's very catchy. <laughs> I'm all about results. I don't sit idly by and watch my life just take whatever course it's going to take. I did mention I'm a control freak. I feel responsible for my own outcomes. So if I don't like them, I change them. 
And so the title combative to collaborative signifies that we move from where we are to where we want to be. And I hope it gives people hope and says that it is possible. We don't have to accept whatever circumstance we're currently living and things don't always have to remain difficult with someone just because they have been to this point. The subtitle, the co-parenting code, is really to help clarify that, like I said, the relationship lessons are pretty universal, but the scenarios and stories I use in this book are really directly related to that co-parenting experience that people have. Very interesting. I know it's easy probably, both in business and I imagine with co-parenting, when things are going well or when you're getting along with someone to keep going, but Maybe we can talk about things that we do that could trigger others to respond negatively or how to respond if someone is negative towards us. Humans are mammals, and we have a human survival instinct. So a lot of times we come at people and we put them on the defensive. We forget to listen. We don't let them know we're there to actually have a conversation. We don't remember to acknowledge that we've heard whatever they're feeling or saying in a particular moment. So as humans, we throw up our guard when we feel like we might be attacked, when we feel threatened. We unwittingly come at somebody, maybe with the best of intentions, right? You want to solve a problem. You say, hey, we've got this problem. You need to solve it. (laughs) And you've immediately set them up to throw up that defense mechanism because you're not first positioning yourself and them to be collaborative. So I have a four-step move from combative to collaborative. And the first step of that is to get yourself focused on what's important. And it's not whatever outcome you're seeking, but really how that relationship must be preserved. What is important to you about that relationship that makes it significant to preserve it? And then second, once you've got your head on straight, then you're ready to prep the other person to actually hear what you might have to say. And you do that by setting them at ease, acknowledging them, empathizing with where they're at, meet them where they're at, let them know you value them and that you are not a threat to them so that they're ready to hear whatever you have to say from that point. That gives you the the guideline for how to approach someone when you're coming to them But then if someone's coming to you, let's say they're unloading their negative energy on you, it happens. And we just like the other person are human animals, we can become defensive. And we have to remember to do these same steps, want to first think I have to defend myself, but pause in that moment and seek to understand, acknowledge their emotion. Let them know you heard their frustration or their concern. Give yourself a little space to really hear what they're saying. Focus on what's important about that relationship. And then you can move forward with the conversation and getting into the problem solving of whatever matter is at hand. Such a good point that try to work on yourself first. It's easier said than done, especially as the relationships are closer and closer like parenting someone they so well and 
are so intimate with, it's it's harder. It's a lot easier, I think, sometimes at work when you can kind of step away. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. But, you know, the the ones that are closest to us are probably those that are most significant to our personal happiness. I think that's a great point. You've obviously been co-parenting for a while, and that's why you've written this book. What's one of the most difficult things you've had to work through with co-parenting, and then maybe what's one of the most rewarding? Well, hands down for me personally, learning to be a good step-parent was the hardest. I mean, you share all the burdens of parenting, none of the credit, and you really have next to no influence. Certainly, you can attempt that influence, but depending on the dynamics of your particular scenario, it may not be welcome. And so for me, I had to really adjust my expectations to accept a lower degree of control. In the end, I really had to apply the same golden rule principles of interaction to my stepkids' mom as I had my my co-parent. It took me 10 years to realize that I could do the same thing with success in interacting with her. I had so many hangups about, oh, well, she owns this interaction and it's up to her to make it comfortable for me. Well, no, it's not. I had to step into an awkward space and make myself vulnerable and really apply my own principles to this interaction just as well if I wanted it to move forward. And after 10 years, we actually were able to get there. That's great. Um, That's very, very promising, I think, for a lot of listeners, probably. It's a tough journey. And for those of us that like to control the parenting scenario or have very strong opinions about good parenting, bad parenting, whatever, you really have to learn to pick the battles that make sense. But on the most rewarding side of things, absolutely hearing my son say that he had a happy childhood and that he never felt we made him choose between us or feel awkward is the most rewarding thing for me. He was six years old when we divorced, and he's now almost 29, which that's hard to say right there, because <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how comfortable I am having a 29-year, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. We all like to think of ourselves as still in our 20s. Having said that, he's a productive, caring individual He's found success in relationships of his own. And so we can happily say that we instilled that in him. I think a lot of people could benefit from hearing you all day and sure we'll be buying your book. But I guess to finish out, what advice would you give to our listeners if they're in a parenting situation or outside, just working with challenging people? What's one piece of advice you might suggest? I'll give you two quick ones. One is don't ever write a relationship off permanently. Things can always improve, even after 10 years, as I demonstrated. You may have to make that first move. You may have to demonstrate the kindness that you haven't necessarily seen in the other person. And lastly, I would say live by the golden rule, and that is treat others the way you you want to be treated. Not necessarily the way you feel they deserve to be treated in any given moment, but really how you would want someone to treat you. And all those interactions will go much more smoothly. I think that's a great note to 
to end on and can never be said too much is always remembering to treat people how you want to be treated. But thank you, Teresa, so much for taking the time to, to join us today and sharing all this with our listeners. Well, thank you, Caroline, for having me. It was a pleasure. Thanks for tuning into today's episode of Women's Wealth, The Middle Way. Make sure to subscribe to us and leave a review on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, or your favorite podcast app. Join us for new episodes every other Wednesday. See you in two weeks.